Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I'm Tim. And I'm Trey. Today, we are, we're, we're doing a Marvel watch again, and this time, we are officially finishing Phase 2. Officially. With, arguably, maybe, maybe, the smallest, but yet... The biggest in my heart, Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. We're going to see how it ranks up to everything, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me. We're doing our Marvel Watch again, so hopefully you all came prepared and you did your homework with Ant-Man. I just want to let you know, I almost just then, at the start of that, you know, right out of that intro, because, you know, you're usually the one that does the, hey, and we're doing this, like right after the intro, right? I almost just jumped in just to throw you off and just to kind of be (laughs) funny, but I didn't. But, you know, I might one I mean, day. I, just, I might okay just keep it on your toes. Just we, don't, you we don't have a script here. We don't. Do, we don't? No. no the script don't. writers told us not to not to, to say no. We were on strike. <laughs> <laughs> they were on strike. That's why the, our quality dipped last year because they were on strike. That's why. Yeah, that's, that's why. We haven't hired them back on. It was like, you know, we, we were doing fine. Were we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man. So, Ant-Man. Man, I don't know what to start with with Ant-Man because let's just start. Let's pretend we are back in, what was this, 2014? 2015. 2014. Well, because Civil War would have been 2015, I think. (laughs) I don't remember when it came out. (laughs) That's embarrassing. Well, somewhere in that time frame. Let's take a bat. Let's take a step back and imagine we're at in this time. We just had Age of Ultron, and Ant Man was announced. What were your reactions, or what do you think your reactions would have been back then? So I I remember I didn't really know a lot about Ant Man, like <laughs> pre the movie. Like I knew you know the big heroes. I knew the big overarching storylines but we, i've said it before you were always the bigger comic book guy especially for marvel than i was um i knew just enough to get myself in trouble um <laughs> so when they announced ant-man i was like what the heck like who's this who's this ant-man guy like what like does he control ant like what does he do and so <laughs> then found out kind of what he did I then remembered an old, you know, Marvel animated movie from way, way, way back where he was in there. Don't remember the movie, but I remember the scene. And so, yeah. And so after that, I kind of got excited. And then I started seeing trailers. And then I was like, hmm. I mean, when they they announced Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, I was like, all right, all right. (laughs) I can get behind this. Paul Rudd's great. And so, yeah, so I was actually, I got really excited, and I, I, I love this movie. 
Like I, I think Ant Man's great. <laughs> I, when it was first announced, I was a little baffled, to okay. be honest. So, first off, the choice of the Avengers was an interesting one, to be honest. So, in the original comics, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, these are all original Avengers, like, for the most part. They, they come and go, but for the most part, they were the ones that kind of built it. Hawkeye came in a little bit later as, like, a vigilante turned hero. Black Widow was a little bit, but she was way more S.H.I.E.L.D. than Avengers. Mm-hmm. And so, right from the get-go, the Avengers was interesting. Hulk was always the original Avenger. Um, but someone they they were missing was Ant-Man. Hank Pym. Hank Pym yeah. was an original Avenger, along with Janet Van, Janet Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Diane Dyke? I don't remember. Van Dyke. But they were, they were always part of it. And Van Dyne. It was Sorry, Hank. it's Van Dyne. Van Dyne. There we go. <laughs> I was like Van Dyke, yeah, and I was like, no, it's not the Dick Van Dyke show. It's Van Dyne. <laughs> and so when they announced Ant Man, I was a little baffled because they also announced Age of Ultron was coming first. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's well versed in like Marvel lore and comics, Hank Pym is the one who actually made Ultron. Huh. It was never Tony Stark or uh, Bruce Banner. So they made the choice to announce Ant-Man alongside Age of Ultron, but in the wrong order. Okay. So I was like, wait, it's like, wait what's going one on? second. And so they did something, they did a twist on it where we're not actually following Hank Pym. We're following the second Ant-Man, which is Scott, Scott Lang, um, which is his character is pretty much the exact same in the comics. He's a criminal who becomes Ant-Man, dons on the suit. There were a few iterations before which we kind of get alluded to in the second ant-man movie which we'll talk about later you have like goliath and things like that Mm -hmm. but i i remember when it was announced and i was just baffled i was like how are they going to do ultron without hank pym and they did it it was all right i like hank pym's version a little bit better in the comics and then when the trailers came out and you're like wait hank pym is the mentor I got on board. I was like, okay, I like this. And then the comedy in it is just phenomenal. I, I, uh, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, something that I love about this movie and I actually wrote it down in my notes when I was watching it was the fact that I feel like if you, especially look at like phase three and onward, right? Phase three, not as much as like phase four, but phase three, definitely you can see the, the start of it. Every movie. And we've mentioned it before. Every Marvel movie starts to become a comedy. It, it goes from yeah. action, comma, comedy to comedy, comma, action, comedy, comma, you know, heist, comedy, comma, fill in the blank, right? Yeah. But Ant-Man, I would definitely say was comedy, comma, action or comedy, comma, adventure, action, adventure, right? I would but, even say comedy, comma, heist. Yes. Like fill in the blank of like any of those, right? Yeah. But... Ant-Man does it well. Ant-Man so balances well. that comedy with the the heist, with the action, so well. And it also, because the character fits it, Ant-Man is a goofy character. Like, if you, if you think of the idea of a superhero that can shrink or go back to normal size and controls ants, it's goofy. It's weird. It is. But it fits this so well. And I think that's 
the hard part is like if you look at Thor, and I'm, I'm specifically thinking of Love and Thunder. Thor, Love and Thunder tried to do a ton of humor. And it doesn't land as well because I don't think Thor is a comedic character. And they're trying I, to push I think, that. I think Thor can be a comedic character. We've seen it and it's worked. But I, I think I agree along the terms of more of Love and Thunder should not have been a comedy movie. Yes. The the villain, the... This is getting way ahead of ourselves. But the the villain of that movie, having Jane Foster come in, especially mm-hmm. dealing with her cancer and that storyline, none of that should have been comedy. That should have been a very somber and serious movie. I almost and want like a wasn't. melodrama. Exactly. It would have done so much better, but instead we got Screaming Goats. Not what yeah. we were asking for. And like, and don't get me wrong, I think having, even in a melodrama, even in a serious film, you're going to have elements of comedy. And so I think you could have had the screaming goats in there if the rest of the movie wasn't trying so hard to be a comedy. And so and I think a lot of movies try try to do that, and especially in Phase 4. But if you look at Phase 3, not as much. I think Th- Ragnarok is probably the best, like, it's the start of it where the, the scale starts to tip towards comedy more toward, like, from everything else. But it still does it in a good way. And... Yeah. I still think Ant-Man is the perfect balance of it. And I'll also say, in comparison to any other character, I'm not talking about movies, but I'm talking about character and them sticking to their beliefs or sticking to what makes the character so unique. Ant-Man is the same across all movies. Doesn't matter if he's an Avenger movie, in his own movies. He has this likability to him it's <laughs> so true the, and and his comedic to paul rudd's comedic timing is one of the best in the marvel universe it's amazing even when he was in endgame some of the best lines are with eight man yeah paul rudd's character it's so true and i think that like i think it comes down to this and i think you know let's just let's just jump in and we're gonna start right. with acting oh yeah we're starting with acting and the reason we're starting with acting is because paul rudd does an amazing job like we're oh, already yeah. starting to He's give him his flowers. Sure like he is by by far the the best, right? But I think that's in part to the fact that I I think Paul Rudd is playing Paul Rudd. Oh, by like, far. <laughs> I think they gave him the script and was like, just do whatever. And I think he just improvises a oh, lot yeah. in this movie. Like I think a lot of the lines that he gave, like at the very end of scenes, right? Where like the the dialogue finishes and then it's like it hold, holds on to Scott like the the shot holds on to Scott for like a couple seconds and it's just silence and then he says something i think all of those lines are improvised because they just let the camera roll for a couple seconds and they're like all right let's see what let's see what Paul Rudd's going to do now and they just I waited think one of them one of them that sticks to mind immediately and i don't know if this is for sure this is just us theorizing yeah, this at this is point because i don't know yeah the scene where Hank Pym, so Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly's, um, Jan- not Janet, Hope, mm-hmm. hug out and they kind of like come to terms with um, basically yes. the dad not being a horrible dad and understanding. It pans over to Paul Rudd and he goes, oh, and they just look at him. It's like, oh, did I ruin the moment? Well, it's even more than that because he goes, oh, this is good. You know, you're mending bridges, you're tearing down walls, you're get, you're breaking through these things. He's like, and I just ruined the moment, didn't I? 
Yeah, I'm gonna go make some tea. That has <laughs> like it, that has yeah. to be improvised. It's just so good, and like he if does so many. Good I will things. give credit to the writing. Yeah, like if it's not, if so. a lot of those lines aren't improvised, the writers killed it, and so and they like really just embodied that character so well. And you're right, like that doesn't happen though. Even if it is writing, that does not happen without Paul Rudd just delivering these lines with perfect timing. But yeah. if you look past Paul Rudd. What do you think about the cast? The cast itself is stacked. Like I said, Michael Douglas came for this movie. And, and I got to say it's 2015. I, I want to say it's 2015. In 2015, if I'm wrong, someone tell me. <laughs> Michael Douglas was a big actor. Yeah. The fact that he signed on to a Marvel movie was, once again, something that baffled me. It was like, oh, that's interesting it was also one of the first times we actually got cgi to de-age someone in marvel mm-hmm. so and honestly I they did really a good job they did and i will say he is by far the second best actor in this movie is michael douglas and then to be honest evangeline Lilly does a really good job and unfortunately i would say that this is probably her best role in marvel i thought she did I think good in the other movies Wasp. i thought she did good in that one also you are correct it I is think 2015 good. all right got you um i do think she does better in this one though and i'm trying to think of the other actors uh, i can't think of his best friend right now um the one who gets him from jail what's his name do you know michael pena Michael Pena, he Luis. also had the comedic timing yeah. perfectly in this movie. Yeah, I think, honestly, I, I would put him in top five of this, like, this cast. Yeah. Like, I, oh, I agree, Paul Rudd, um, Michael Douglas, um, and then I go back and forth between Michael Pena and Evangeline Lilly. Corey Stoll. But then, of course, yeah, I was just about to say. Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll is the fifth. Um, because, and that's your core cast right there. Most of this movie takes place with those five, and then you include you can you include the other two Jokers, um, which is Tip T.J. Harris and then David Destamalkian. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, yeah. they're great. And so I think that this cast is just is really good, like all yeah. around great. Everyone delivers their lines well. Like it's written well, they act it well. It's just awesome. Yeah. So with that, I give it a nine. I give like, it a good. nine too. Like it's good. You like, can't. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think a movie called Ant Man would have a good cast, but it does, and it they works. Kill it. And to I to be like honest, if this almost... movie was written any other way, like if this wasn't a heist movie, if this wasn't a comedy, this cast I don't think would have done as well. But if because that was the vision of the movie it fits perfectly yeah and i feel like you almost need a really good cast to sell like you said a a goofy movie called ant-man you know like you need a good cast to sell that because if you don't have a good cast it's just going to be another like what is this movie and they do great and they do an awesome job yeah i will say it's this era that we are starting to get more big name actors so it used to be where Marvel would get these actors that 
they weren't in a lot or they weren't as well known. Like I'm thinking Robert Downey Jr. They gave him like he was known, but he was known for really like terrible things. <laughs> you have Chris Evans, who was mostly known for like rom coms. You know um, Chris Hemsworth and a couple crappy superhero movies, by the way. Say it again. Uh, Chris Evans, known for rom coms and a couple crappy superhero movies. <laughs> yes, uh, Chris Hemsworth. I don't think he, he was, was in, in a couple. Lot. He was in a couple things, but like you said, yeah, not a not a ton of big names. Um, it it was mostly when Guardians, I think, came out because Chris Pat, Pratt was known for Parks and Rec at that yeah. point. You had um bradley cooper already you had vin diesel and mm-hmm. like you had big name actors for that and then you get to ant-man and we're like michael douglas cool Evangeline lily cool you have paul rudd you're yeah. stacking your cast and i think every movie after this has a big name actor that they signed on yeah which is i think a, a good thing and a bad thing like i think exactly. it's exactly a, a good thing because it's cool and it's like wow you're seeing your favorite actors in this world but it's also a bad thing because you're also like Man, I'm now focusing on the actor and not the character. Yeah, I missed the time where we were like, wait, who was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know who this is, but They're maybe I'll watch it. some of Yeah. Maybe I'll watch some of their like small things that they've done before this. Um, and they're doing that a little bit, but with the TV stuff. Yeah. So I think of the actress for Miss Marvel. I think that's her first credit of acting role is Miss Marvel. She honestly does a really good job. I actually I I gave that that show a lot of flack when it first came out because I didn't really watch it and it looked kind of cheesy. But then I watched it and it took me a little bit to get through it. But it was actually really good. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. So, so the there's ones. acting. There's acting. I don't think we can say much with acting aside from just wow. Good job. And then if we go into, I kind of want to go into the story. Do it. Let's do it. Because Ant Man. Ant-Man has a simple story. That's literally the first thing I wrote down. A simple, good story. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. Why can't we have more simple stories yep. in Marvel? Yeah. It is first and foremost, I love phase two specifically because every movie can be categorized in a type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I want Marvel to do more of this. This is the heist movie. Yeah. We don't have another heist movie aside from maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And it works. We have a criminal who breaks into a mansion, basically steals a suit, stuff ensues, and what does he want him to do? Steals do another stuff. heist. Yeah. And what's funny is this concept of Ant-Man being a heist character goes through all of the movies he's in. So even in Endgame, he's like, "We're doing a time heist." Like, yeah. Like, it fits his character. Like, I love it. Yeah, it fits his character so well. And I also love kind of going from story to, like, motivations. Because we kind of categorize in that. Yeah. We put them together. Every character has a motivation. Like, and it's a clear. It's a clear motivation. And it's a simple motivation. And I think that's so well. Because I think so often in movies, they're like, man, I got to write such a complex motivation for my character. Like, why? Why are they doing this thing? Why is why is my character being evil, or you know whatever? But it's like no, like Ant Man, I mean Scott Lang, wants to be a good dad, and that's that it. that's his motivation. Wants to be a good dad, so that's why he's doing this. Michael Douglas, you know Hank Pym, doesn't want evil to happen with his technology, and also wants to be a good dad, and also wants to be a good <laughs> dad. Um, Hope Van Dyne 
wants to reconnect with her dad and doesn't and want wants to his be a good daughter. <laughs> like it's very like they're like we we joke, but they are simple motivations. Darren yeah. Cross wants to be, wants Hank Pym to be proud of him. That's wants to his be motive. a good son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> plot twist. Um, but like that's really it. Like the, that's their motivations is yeah. very simple. You could boil it down to three sentences or less. And I love yeah. that. And it fits so well in this movie. It fits perfectly with the just the whole premise. It works. And I and I don't get me wrong, I know there are there are movies that have simple motivations and it doesn't land and it doesn't work. But this movie is one that does. And it works yeah. perfectly. I will also say the villain and his motivation, like what he wants is like you said, simple, but it's also just so you understand it's relatable. Yeah. He's like, I want to prove that I can do this to someone who thinks, well, he thinks he doesn't care about him, but it's more that he sees too much of himself in him. And you get to the point where he's so obsessed with it that it overtakes him. And I found the plot twist. It's a plot twist if you read the comics, but the plot twist that he becomes Yellow Jacket is so interesting in my mind because in the comics, Hank Pym is Yellow Jacket. Oh, interesting. So Yellow Jacket is a, basically Hank Pym kind of, I wouldn't say he goes insane, but he basically becomes very arrogant. He leaves the Avengers. He's done with things. A random superhero comes in called Yellow Jacket, joins the Avengers, starts having a little romance with Janet Van Dyne, and eventually it's come to reveal that Yellow Jacket is actually still Hank Pym. He's just re, kind of renamed himself because he wanted to get away from the Ant Man name mm-hmm. or the uh, who he was in the past. And there was also some other things, and it got a little complex. However, taking the Yellow Jacket name and just making it the foil to Ant Man and making it a villain in its own movie, I think was a smart move. Can I just say those costumes look? phenomenal in this oh they movie. look so good like especially the yellow jacket one it looks great and i and we'll get yes. into that more later but yeah like i totally agree like the fact that there are foils and opposites and like wanted similar things but the reverse of it so what i mean is like i think you, you kind of mentioned darren's motivation I think you can boil his motivation down even more to he want, he actually in a twisted way just wants Hank Pym to be proud of him as a mentor. He just wants him to be proud. And that's why he's digging so much into Ant-Man because he knew he was Ant-Man. He's like, if I can figure out this formula, you'll be proud of me in yeah. the twistedness of that psychopathic tendency, you know, mind. And then you have the reverse of Scott Lang. He wants to be the proud dad. Like he wants to be a dad that his daughter's proud of, you know? And so they're both looking for that approval, but from very different sides. And so I think it's very fun and very well-written. It's kind of like unconditional love from like Scott Lang's side, because it doesn't matter what Scott Lang does. The daughter, like it's even mentioned in the movie. She looks up to him regardless of what happens. Whereas on the opposite side, like Hank Pym, there's no unconditional love. It's more of like, (laughs) no, like stop and even in when 
Darren Cross, right? Darren Cross. Yeah. That's his name. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't get that feedback of, like, hey, I succeeded, and Hank Pym's almost mad, he goes over the edge. That's when he becomes a villain. Which is um, so good. So well. So well done. It is. And so the last thing I want to say with the story, that last fight scene is one of my favorite fight scenes with like the toy train and it's things like so that. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And I, I'm actually going to get into that more when we get into the next category, which is like directing story structure uh, and like cinematography and stuff. Because I think that is really important in that whole category. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit more then. But I gave um, the overall overall story, motivations, all that, I gave it an eight because I thought it was really good. I actually also gave it an eight. Yeah, like I thought it was really good. I thought it was clever. I thought it was simple, but not like too simple. It was yeah, it was great. It would have been it would have been higher for me if Scott Lang I'm not saying he doesn't change from the beginning to end, but if there was a more progressive arc of his because like you yeah. said, it's a very simple story. So there's a, there the is a lot of things I would change a to B like there's no, yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And so that's why I, I knocked it down for similar reasons. Yeah. But all right. So going to directing, let's just start there then. What do you think? Yeah. So I'm going to be talking more about like the CGI and cinematography side and less directing right all now. Right. Um, but let's start with that last fight you mentioned that last fight. The set was so well done. Like you're in a kid's playroom on a table with a train set going around. And it's almost like it gives me like old West vibes meets superheroes meet modern day. Because like in that old West, like train, you know, classic Western, there's always a train involved. Um, And so I love that set. But I want to talk about the CGI because this movie is full of CGI. Like, oh, right from the get go. Yeah. Beginning to end. It's an but it's good like it's really it good it holds up like it's almost 10 years old like this movie is yeah. almost 10 years old but it looks amazing and it looks honestly better than some of the like stuff in quantum manium um agreed and so <laughs> like i think that deserves high praise because that last fight could have been extremely cheesy and not good if it doesn't look as good as it does even I would say the directing choices of how Scott Lang uses his powers because shrinking growing and stuff like that you could do a whole bunch of different things but the fact that he uses it in a way like talking about CGI a little bit when he shrinks you kind of like see that outline like the yeah and the editing was so they good utilize that inside fight scenes where like you randomly see him increase randomly see him like decrease and you like ooh. Just move my mic. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the utilization of movement and how they directed like these characters to move during fight scenes, I think that was really good in this movie Mm -hmm. that we don't see in a lot, except I would say like Captain America movies. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, and like there's not much more that I could just go on about it than what I already have. Yeah. Because I think it's great. I think this movie... The way it was directed, and we've already talked about the idea of also it's a heist movie. And so that yeah. and that's from the directing side too, directing and writing and the way it's captured and the way they like do the, the cuts on like the planning and the execution and all that. Like that's, it's all involved in that. And we've been singing its praises the whole time <laughs> so far. And yeah. so 
all in all, great, great, well done. I gave this a nine. You see, I actually gave it an eight. I thought I was going to have the same ones as you. <laughs> I gave it an eight just because I I wanted a little bit more, like, how would I put it? Sometimes directors put their stamp on a movie. Mm. And I didn't feel like this one had a stamp. Like, it, it didn't feel like Peyton Reed really made it his own aside from, like, heist movie, which I really liked, and that's why it's still such a high number and i don't know like i could you look at captain america winter soldier captain america civil war um and you look at the russo brothers and all the movies they made there's like this almost like you know that they made it yeah not just because they they're in their movies but because like they have that style that only they can do wes anderson has a style they have um chris christopher nolan has a style he has and I just felt like that was missing in this movie. And so mm. that's why I docked it two points. See, I kind of liked that, though. I don't know why. I just, I kind of liked it. I thought it was like cool that it didn't really feel like anything. You know, like it, it felt like what it was, which was an Ant-Man movie. You know, like it, <laughs> it felt goofy and it felt funny and it heist. And like it felt like it was high, a goofy high stakes movie because it did have some high stakes. Um, that's Another thing I really appreciate about this movie, and I threw this in this category, this movie made ants cool. <laughs> like all the different type of ants you got to learn yeah, about, like bullet it made ants, ants, fire ants, cool. And <laughs> a movie deserves high praise, especially directing and editing and all that. If you feel sad when an ant, when an ant dies, dies. <laughs> like that's fair. When that Anthony fair. dies. You cannot tell me you didn't you weren't sad when Anthony dies and you see the wing just you know spin yep. and hit the ground dude like I will I will say though oh my gosh that was a one in a billion <laughs> chance of that bullet hitting it, Anthony it really was <laughs> but so funny and I do think it's funny that in the next movie they don't like repeat the same thing they just kill like seven ants with the name <laughs> like yeah I do appreciate <laughs> that cuz it's it's funny in a completely different way and it's clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I gave it a nine. I, good job. Good job. All right. So moving on to sound then. Unfortunately, I think this is my lowest category because aside from like the ant noises when like you're like shrunken down and you're actually seeing all of them, I didn't feel like sound was all that big in this movie. Um, there was like some of the heist music that I really appreciated like during some of the elements. But for the most part, I, I wouldn't say this is like the best sound quality that we had in a Marvel movie. I would honestly really agree. Um, I, I like you said pretty much everything I was going to say. They had some really cool sound like moments where it was like, like you said, the ants and different things like that. Like I like the sound of Yellow Jackets, um, his lasers. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that. The music, most, most of it, forgettable. But there was some really good, like, Ant-Man's theme, some of the cool heist music. There was a couple of that. That sounded really good. But overall, it was lacking. Yeah. So I gave it a six and a half. That's exactly what I gave it. So All right. We're right on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have the same 
score if I score this one higher than you. We might. That's that'd be a All first. Right. It would be. So color choices and costumes. Yellow and red. Those are the colors. Yellow and red. So we had yellow and red. There was a lot of color kind of comparisons and contrasts through this whole movie, not just talking about Ant-Man's red suit and Yellow Jacket's yellow suit. Throughout this whole movie, there were some good color contrasts. Okay. And I appreciated that. Like, even, like, the Ant-Man, I don't know if you noticed, like, the Ant-Man pin particles. Ant-Man's are red. Yeah. I didn't think of that. And and Yellow Jackets, like, the new one that was made was yellow. And I, I just found that really fascinating, especially since red is typically reserved for, like, stop, no, like, almost like the negative side of things yeah and this movie kind of reverses it where red is the good color mm-hmm. um so i found that really interesting and then of course costumes come on the ant-man suit ant-man's original suit is very stupid <laughs> in the comics it has like these little antennas and it it just doesn't make sense and yeah. so that was one of the things when ant-man was announced i was like Oh, how are they going to do this to make it look good? Mm-hmm. And they killed it. Like, I yeah. think this suit is a very reasonable, like, almost tactical suit. Yeah, it, f- it fits the character and it fits what, like, what the abilities are. And I will say, like, yeah. I think the MCU, at least up till this point, I don't remember further on. I I don't remember every suit that's ever introduced. But they are they do a good job of taking the comic book you know, original thing and adapting it to modern and fitting within their world um, and not just like mirroring it. And so they all look, I think, slightly different for the most part. Maybe, you know, some of the Iron Man's, maybe Caps, but, you know, they modernize them. And I think they do a really great job. And I think they show that really, really well. Um, And I I agree. Ant-Man suit, really good. Yellow jacket looks really cool. I didn't see the comparison, but once you mentioned mentioned it, I was like, oh, that's true that's pretty dope it's not it's not like super prominent in the movie but i did notice it a few times where it's like all right i'm seeing what you did there and so i would give that to the director but yeah i don't know if it was even intentional to be honest it might have just been hey our colors are red and yellow just stick those in there (laughs) so who knows but i liked it i thought it was appealing so what'd you give this i gave it a seven I gave it an eight. Oh, we might so be pretty if I close. Did, if I think I did my calculations right, and I like compared yours, I do think we got the same score. Did we so really? So what, what was your average? I'm still mathing. <laughs> so you should say yours, and then I'll say mine. Mine was a 7.9. Ooh, I think mine is about that. It is a 7.9. <laughs> we are officially the same on one of the Marvel movies. Wow. How does it make you feel? Makes me feel like we are syncing up. I think, you know what? I think season three, I think we're the same person now. We don't... That's terrifying. I don't think, I don't think we have anything <laughs> else we can we can share now like we have the same opinions i mean we honestly don't disagree a lot 
I wish we disagreed a little bit more sometimes. I kind of do too. So maybe we'll try to find some topics where we actually, we actually disagree. disagree. That'd be fun. Because um, that's but, actually something we talked about when we were make, like originally making this. Is like we wanted to disagree and we just happened to be yeah. agreeing a lot. Uh, yeah, but I think phase three funny. will change that or at least phase four if we do phase four. Because I think there's things that you like that I didn't and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I, I think there's been some division with like Star Wars and stuff. So maybe we'll jump back into Star Wars at one point. Heck yeah. I love Star Wars. <laughs> I'm down. Well, next time, um, we're jumping in right into phase three then. Like not next episode, but next time we're doing the Marvel rewatch, we're doing Civil War. Before we get to that though, the end credit scene. What, oh, what do you think scene. of the end credit scene? There's two of them. Perf. You ever see that video of like the boys? It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you talking I, about? There's two of them. So I, yes, there are two. So I really liked the I know a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole scene. Yeah. Mostly because it one it ties right into Civil War. It was yeah. basically just a... It was a trailer, essentially. A, yeah, it was, it was a trailer. But it made sense to put it under Ant-Man, not like some of the others. Like I'm thinking when we got the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer as one of the end credit scenes in a future movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt out of place. Mm-hmm. It was like, why... Are, no. This one doesn't because it revolves around Ant-Man. Oh, 100%. Yes, we're seeing a clip of... Civil War, but you get that line from Falcon, and it's like, yeah, I, I know a guy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know exactly who's talking about because of the events of the movie, mm-hmm. which we didn't even talk about that. The fact that they brought Falcon into this movie was awesome. Okay, I didn't know that I think him and Paul Rudd helped produce slash write some of the mo- some of this movie. It, yeah, they were Paul in the credits. The screenplay on this. Yeah, like yeah. it was great, and I'm like, that's so cool. I can't believe we didn't talk about yeah. that earlier. But yeah, dope. Awesome. <laughs> so I would probably say that's my favorite one because I don't know. It's just subtle. I like yeah. the subtle post credit scenes. Yeah, I, I I don't think this one was subtle, actually. I think it was pretty a pretty big one because Civil War, I think, is the biggest movie in Phase, phase 3 outside of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not including. I don't include. <laughs> okay. My thought process, I don't include the Avengers movies within the phases they're in. I put them in their own special category. Yeah, like like they're exactly so they're like they're in between the phases. So, like, Age of Ultron was not a phase two movie, it's you know, an in between, yeah, like it's an in between, right? So, I don't consider those movies part of the phases, right? Even though they are, and I get it, I know, I know they are. But can I just say it kind of annoys me that we have Ant Man as a Phase Two movie. It should be known as a Phase Three movie. Yeah, I mean, and same it could thing be. with it's an epilogue. Same thing, same thing with Endgame though. I feel like Far From Home should have been a Phase Four movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. I want I those know. adventure movies to be the end of the phase. Yeah, I see. So. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Head cannon. Eh, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, so I I really enjoy this one because I don't think it's like I don't think it's a subtle one. I I disagree with that. I think it's a really big one, um, but it sets it up so well. 
because it it it's perfect because you have that whole conf- confrontation between Ant-Man and, and Falcon in the movie. And then he's like, oh, dude, I, I know a guy. And it ties directly into the very end of the film when Luis is saying to uh, Scott Lang the whole, like, Falcon's looking for you. Yeah. Like, and that's so perfect. And so it's so cool. I like I like all of it. What do you think of the uh, the wasp reveal? I thought it was not really reveal, not but set yeah, up. It's not a reveal. It's it was there, and you knew it was coming. Yeah, it was one of those that was like, come on, like you knew if they were going to do another Ant Man movie, you would have the wasp in it. Of course, and they were leading up to it the whole time. And I will say, we'll talk about it in Ant Man and the Wasp. I think her suit. It's a bit interesting. I like her suit. I think it's cool. It's, I don't know. It's that color palette again. I love that they use the yellow again, but it's just more, some of the designs, like I've seen, it's, how should I put it? (laughs) When they first showed it, there was a lot of people complaining that it looked a little phallic. I think I used that word correctly. Maybe. The way it's designed. And so oh, I was like, hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I hate that you <laughs> just put that in my head now. So I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It might just be spun because of that, because of that sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I need to watch A-Man the Wasp again because, to be honest, I haven't seen that movie in almost three years probably yeah i haven't seen it in a minute minute i haven't seen it since the last time i watched all the marvel movies which is a couple years ago so yeah i'm excited but that's not what we're getting into next time no next time tim what are we talking about next time we're gonna be talking about lord of the rings what we're talking about lord of the rings have we talked about lord of the rings yet i don't think so (laughs) i it's been three years and we are a geek based podcast and we are just now doing lord of the rings Woohoo! <laughs> and we will be having a guest star guest host guest something it's going to be a surprise so oh, okay cool. join us next week i don't even know as, who it is join us next week <laughs> as we have someone join us yeah um after that we're going to be jumping into some other new topics that i don't have my a uh, document up to tell you about but it's exciting <laughs> come and find out come and come and give oh. us a listen and find out i know what it is we're talking about percy jackson okay way to ruin the surprise i don't care people should know spoiler alert <laughs> next time why don't you we're waiting to <laughs> percy jackson until the the tv show is over so if you haven't watched it yet get on do it, it because it's good. Spoiler. Spoilers. It's good. It's real good. Yeah. Join well, us as we do all those things. And also, like, subscribe. We're on YouTube. Give it a, a watch. You can see what I'm doing with my hands as I'm saying all these words. Yeah. So, yeah, we're on YouTube now. So, give us a watch. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Do all the, the ratings and the things and yeah. the all of those things and help us out with all the algorithms because that's apologies for last week for not having a youtube video up yeah we had some technical difficulties yeah technical difficulties we're new at this 
We're getting there. You know, we're getting So there. check us out. Check us out this week. Yeah. Check us out this week. It's going to be great. We're going to keep doing things. We're going to keep it getting better. And if you have, you know, a topic you want us to talk about, or if you're like, hey, th- if you do this, you'll improve, send us a message. We're on the social yeah. medias. So find us on YouTube. Leave a comment. Yeah. Do all those things and communicate with us. We're friendly. We want you guys to enjoy the conversation and join us in this crazy conversation we're doing. So join it by leaving a comment and doing all those stuff. It's great. And we're coming back next week with Lord of the Rings. It's going to be awesome. Because you know. It's all geek to me.